Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Spread the truth! Just set you free! You can't handle the truth! Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? No. I am the father of... Set her alive, you are coming with me. I don't want to brag, but I will. I was in the Avengers. The Avengers? Yeah. That's great! Thank you! What is that? Hasta la vista, baby. Hello and welcome back to the Creative Control Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Kenan, and thank you for joining us on today's new episode, episode 56, where we have some unpopular opinions. Uh, joining me for today's episode, we've got a, pretty much a full team today. We have Alex, Lee, Neil, and Rita, and Sasha. How are you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. Thank you. All good, hola. How are you doing? Good, good, very good. Um, I think this is going to be a fun episode. So I think uh, basically what our premise is today is unpopular opinions. So this is an opinion we hold of a movie, um, whether it's positive or negative, against the average uh, moviegoer's uh, interpretation of feeling towards a movie. So it could be a movie that loads of people love and we just don't get it. We think, no, that movie is trash. Or it might be a really poor movie, which, you know what, I've got a lot of love for it, so I don't care what you say. I like this movie and I'm proud to say I like this movie. So it could go either way. So I'm calling this part one because I'm sure we're going to do this again because there's a lot of movies which I feel those two ways about. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not a positive or negative. We're not spending it like that. It's just what are, which movie do we want to talk about today? So uh, uh, just before we start with our first movie, uh, thank you very much for watching. If you're on our YouTube channel, thank you very much for listening. If you're listening to us on our podcast platforms, uh, we are available everywhere in terms of where you can get a podcast. So uh, Spotify, um, iTunes, Good Pods, all those good places. So make sure that you're hitting that like and subscribe button on YouTube and making sure you're following us on those podcast platforms. We really appreciate your support. Right, let's crack on. So Amrita, what is your unpopular opinion? So I'm giving just one, yeah? Yeah, just, just one to today. Okay, because I have five in total on my list. <laughs> They'll be for future episodes. That's I can see a part five already then. Okay, there so we go. just so one today. My first one, I'm sorry, because I feel like this is going to be shitting all over like most of our viewers but whatever is what it is man of steel i'm sorry it was trash for me pure trash i cannot okay. get on board with that film in any shape or form I can, I can agree with I'm you with one thing with one moment when Park Kent dies when Park Kent <laughs> dies when kevin costner gets taken off by, by a hurricane I'm just like, yeah. I've seen enough episodes of Smallville to know that that would not happen. <laughs> exactly. There's that, but there are so many things, so many things that I can't stand about this film. Give us Namely, a few. Give us a few. So as a woman, I feel like everyone's like, oh, Henry Cavill, so gorgeous. No, it doesn't do it for me. He is not the Superman I want. Simple. That's one. Two, I find him really wooden, like truly wooden, not just... I'm an alien coming into Earth's atmosphere. Don't know anything wooden, but wooden, like, he cannot act wooden. Okay. Um, I also think the film is, like, oddly clinical and cold, and I don't like that. There's no kind of heart in it for me or feeling or connection that I feel to anyone, not even his mm -hmm. parents, no one. I just couldn't care less, frankly. Um, Amy Adams, I think, was absolutely miscast in the role. In fact, I think that's her worst film she's ever done. And my number one pet peeve of this film 
is the acting and the fighting, like the choreography combined. I feel like every single fight scene, he does the exact same sequence of physical movements every mm -hmm. time. So it got to the point where the, the grand finale at the end, I was like, I know what he's going to do next. He's going to do like an elbow punch. Then he's going to do a kick. Then he's going to do this. And he was doing it every time. There was no originality for me in any of this. I felt like it was it was very different to any Superman we'd seen prior, which is why mm -hmm. I think everyone's like, oh, it's the be all and end all. But just mm -hmm. because it's different doesn't mean it's good. I think it's pure and utter trash. Wow. Okay, that's a strong okay. unpopular opinion. Uh, well, yeah. I'd say unpopular, but I think a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people either like or don't particularly like this movie or think it's okay. Probably not as many people think it is negatively as you, but I'm not. I don't think you're alone in that. Um, okay, I agree with I a say? couple of those points. I might yeah, ask. yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree with. I, think... I agree with the. I agree with the with the use of color and the clinical look, because mm -hmm. Superman's yeah. always been red, white, and blue. He's always represented Beacon hope, of hope. It, Beacon of Hope. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, even though yeah. it's mentioned in the film, it's never displayed. Um, mm -hmm. No cats saving in this film, that's for sure. All right. So, <laughs> and um, what was it? The, the, the miscast of Amy Adams. I 1000% agree with you there, but I'll meet you halfway. I'll meet you halfway. I think Amy okay. Adams is a fantastic actress. I personally think it was how she was directed. And I definitely feel it was what was given to her in the script. 1,000%. Mm -hmm. I agree uh, with that. I no just don't point, think this role no was point, for her. At no point did that character convey the feistiness of Lois Lane. Mm -hmm. At no way did it convey the fact that she could handle herself at any... Because mm -hmm. Lois Lane could handle herself, for Christ's yeah. sake. She She's a daughter of a guy that is a general in the military. Where was her exactly, father in that exactly. film? If you know the mm -hmm. character at all, you know, and, um, you know, maybe they were saving it for a sequel or whatnot, but you got to in introduce these certain traits early on. Like, this mm -hmm. is why people love Margot Kidder. People love Terry Hatcher. People love, exactly. uh, er is it Erica Dur Durrance? Am I pronouncing mm -hmm. her name correctly? Mm -hmm. In yeah. Smallville? Yeah. Those three mm -hmm. actresses, slay that role okay slay Even that the role. new one superman and lois as well yeah slay. yeah yeah however i think I, the thing is because i agree with you not, she's not the worst lois lane that still goes to kate bosworth in my opinion but um Agreed. that's a whole other subject that's Agreed. a whole other subject for another time <laughs> i agree I with like that the, I, just, um, I, I, I didn't like the fact just... that she um she knew who he was as well like straight off the yeah. screen, really. See, it for me, it depended on how they played it in Man of Steel 2. If we mm. got a Man of Steel 2, <laughs> then maybe I would have been on board with it. But yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Now that the, the, the Schneiderverse has ended, it's like, yeah, I can, you know, because we always thought we were getting a number two at some point. It's been like 11 yeah. years now. So yeah. mm -hmm. I think <laughs> yeah, the thing no, is, I... I, I always thought that I would. Like I, I liked literally. I'm talking about a pure joy that I would usually get from from Superman. Mm -hmm. I had no joy in this film at all. Yeah. And I think I thought when I got Lois Lane that I would at least find some kind of like positivity and hope again, and and all that happiness that usually you get with Lois Lane. And I didn't. I just think she was strongly, strongly miscast in this. And it isn't mm -hmm. her fault. I agree. It was the direction she was given. 
<laughs> yeah, I think you could argue the same for Henry Cavill because he's not a bad actor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's demonstrated that in a lot of other performances. I think it was the tone of the movie that they were going for. And, you know, I, I, look, I came out of Man of Steel and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, again, it probably was because it was something different. There was, um, you know, I think it's one of those on reflection when you look at it and probably seeing how the franchise kind of played out, that there was missed opportunities in terms of how to set that universe up to start with. And I think that, yeah, I agree with the Jonathan Kent thing. I think what they were trying to go for in that is rather than him dying of a heart attack and being something out of Clark's control, it was something where he was sacrificing himself to protect his son's identity and Clark always having that feeling that he could have done more or should have saved him. So therefore, he needs and should save other people to compensate. And I think they were trying to get that where the first movie is Dad just kind of dies with a heart attack. And that doesn't lead to necessarily anything. It's a Jarrell that tells him he needs to do what he wants to do. But yeah, I think there's probably a different way that they could have done it. I kind of disagree with that. I kind of totally disagree with that. You see, the metaphor there. He even says it in the film is that he has all of these powers mm-hmm. and he couldn't save him. It's mm-hmm. that helplessness is actually that helplessness of something that you feel you could have done something. It's still perceived in the same way. The difference mm-hmm. uh, because because look, no, they're just sure, trying to make it more him. on the nose in this one yeah. as opposed to the first one. Right, here's the but difference. Can I just say he's not Batman? He's but, not yeah. Bruce Wayne. Here's the difference between <clears throat> deaths okay a heart attack is more relatable to a human being if you're mm-hmm. if you're someone that's witnessed your a loved one died in that way mm-hmm. you do blame yourself you mm-hmm. always look at something and that's a human element off that and what ground superman as a character okay you can't relate to hurricane uh, that maybe some people can okay some people i'm pretty sure some people out in the midwest can relate to that to park end mm-hmm. just going but they're willingly going stopping nah you know what i mean like it's like if that's where the i'm unbelievable sorry is. i have to totally disagree with you on that i think what ken said is right on the did money you, did your dad die in a hurricane <laughs> no, my dad isn't dead. But here's okay, what I'm, I'm sorry if I'm sorry if I, if I crossed the line. But, <laughs> no, but let me point it out to you like this, right? What you're saying doesn't yeah. make sense when you consider Clark has already saved somebody by that point, and it doesn't make sense because he already is totally aware of what he can do. He is well, not totally aware, but he is generally aware of the fact that you know what, if something goes wrong, I could survive him. I'll be all right. This person, yeah, but already, you can't, you can't, not, you can't solve the heart attack. Let him finish. Let him finish. Yeah, they're not. You know, obviously, he can't yeah. do everything, but he's pretty sure of the point of you know what. If I get swept up in this hurricane, I'll probably be fine. I won't be in Kansas, but I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. His dad, not so much. And the fact that remember, we by this time we've seen him save a whole school bus full of kids, so we know he can do business. But as an audience member, you can't relate to that, though. Him watching his father say, look, even though I know what you can do, it's more important that you protect your identity, that you protect you you, you and your mother. That's all that matters. Me, I'm going to be gone. Okay, that's going to suck. But it's more important because what the world will do to you when they know what you can do, mm-hmm. it's not going to be ticker tape parades. When it's not going to be Fourth of July shows, 
it's going to be labs it's going to be fear it's going to be a lot more because the problem is while superman as a character is supposed to be this beacon of hope and all of that the world they've put him in is not a world that is acceptance of hope everyone who's mm. like oh you know i didn't like man well, not everybody because i'm not saying this is you embry or oh, this is you sasha and thing but a lot of people who didn't like man of steel said they didn't like it because superman's supposed to be a beacon of hope you name me one person on this planet other than Dwayne the rock johnson who you could say right now is the beacon of hope and you're like yeah well, people have torn him down for his stuff about the fires. So, yeah. Superman, look, Man of Steel 2, he'd have been dragged on Twitter for, oh, he peeked through my window. For, I, I, I was on the floor. He watched me in the shower. How do you know? Because I don't have a lead line shower door, right? That's some solid me. points there, bro. I've, yeah, people would tear him down. People would absolutely tear him down. And I think it's more about this movie was more about a father protecting a son than what the son could do for his father. So I think it was just a slightly different dynamic. Not every incarnation needs to be the same because otherwise there's kind of yeah. no point. But anyway, is there any more points anybody wants I think to make? It's probably the obviously way we've got another executed. five movies to go through. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lee. I agree. Uh, I got, it was the I way got, it was executed. I got, I, got, I got the point straight away. I just feel that the heart attack was better. You can relate to it as a human. Yeah, fair mm. enough. You know, it's a very I think human we should just all agree that the film is trash. Just no, because I like the <laughs> I, I, I wasn't a big fan of the fight scenes. I'll agree with you with this, Amory. I'll agree with you that 78 is a better film, but I do enjoy Man of Steel, even though I just ripped mm. that mm. one scene. That's probably the only scene that <laughs> what I'm is there like... to enjoy in the film? A lot. I, I tell, <laughs> I tell, you, I tell yeah. you what, when I, saw Super, when I saw the Smallville fight for the first time, I wanted to replay that over and over because when mm. the big guy grabs his cape and slams it to the floor i was just like this i was like oh shit mm. yeah we hadn't seen that kind of superman fight yeah. on live action film before so it yeah, was a comic it book was junkie, quite a big thing that's the superman fan that's the kind of stuff we've been waiting to see for years mm. you know what i mean like i've yeah. seen i would I've have agreed superman with you if the choreography had been like refreshingly new each time I don't think it was it. as bad as you said it was. You know but, what? Uh, I mean, I have to potato, say, potato, potato, potato. Yeah, I have to say, <laughs> I can explain. It's not really an explain explaining away, but the fight scenes. The reason I, my personal interpretation of why Henry Cavill fought the same in every fight is because he's never had a fight. Clark Kent mm -hmm. at yeah. that point never had a fight, so you just fight the same way every time and expect the same results. Everyone yeah, else, that's true. That's why Superman's fought, five moves of doom. Laura, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if this yeah, was real life, you just have to stand there. <laughs> if this were real life, Neil, I would agree with you. But because of the fact that it's in a film, no. But I, I didn't like. I'm not paying money. You didn't have the years. Can you guys remember the episode of Lois and Clark where Dean Kane Superman actually took martial arts lessons? Oh, no, I don't remember that. No. Yeah, he actually, um, yeah, there was an episode where he took martial arts lessons to, yeah. to fight well, an opponent. Well, see, at 78 Superman, he went training with his dad for years. He went mm. in, a young boy came out of a man and had all his training. So you could argue yeah. that he was fully trained. This version of Superman never got that. He went in, said hi to his dad, got his costume. He was like, right, go out and fly. So it was kind of a different setup. So I get where Neil's coming from, but from an audience member watching it, I see you want that, unless it's kind of referenced like 
he doesn't really know what to do because it's not really drawn but in. But it is referenced. Exactly. It's referenced. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm Zod watching a while. Zod's like, I've <laughs> trained. I've done all of this. I know what I'm doing. Where did you learn to fight? On a farm. So yeah, right. yeah okay. five moves of doom because you right, know cool. <laughs> Right, let's move on. Let's move on. So I see some I love unpopular opinions. Uh, okay, <laughs> Alex, what's your unpopular opinion? Let's tear you down. So that's it for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, I'm, I'm going to say what I'm going to do. Um, I, think I, I hope might... you guys come back on to do this again. Sorry. <laughs> I might stick, um, ironically, with uh, DC. Okay. Um, nobody seems to like Constantine, but I rather enjoyed it. I like I Constantine. Love I mean, being a comic book reader, I never yeah. read Hellblazer. So I remember when Keanu Reeves was cast and everyone was in uproar that he's not English... Yep. He's not blonde, I agree. And all this kind of stuff. And I was kind of like, well, obviously, I've not read the comic books at that point. So it didn't really, you know, bother me that much. But I just like, I really enjoy the story. Um, you know, I like all the supernatural stuff, the different take on sort of heaven and hell and the explanation of that, the transitions that he goes through when he's traveling to hell, I thought was really cool with the effect of that. And it's kind of the fact that it's like a, almost like a mirrored version of Earth kind of thing. So, you know, mm -hmm. he like appears in like the same place and it's just, you know, torn to shit. Like Stranger Things. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 basically, yeah, basically, yeah, basically, yeah, the upside down, essentially, yeah. And yeah, I just, I just kind of... I'm really with you, it. Alex, man. I, I thoroughly... I agree with you. But you know what? I was there with pitchforks because I was going to rip it down because I had read the graphic novel. But you know what? You know what? When I went in, I put that aside. I watched it and I got a cool Keanu Reeves flick. And it was fairly kind of like okay as an adaptation, to be honest, if they were going to get an American doing the role and have like Keanu Reeves just be Keanu Reeves. Like mm -hmm. it was enjoyable. I like him as yeah. a movie star. Yeah. It was fine. Um the Matt is it Matt Ryan that plays him in I think it's Matt Ryan. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I really actually yeah. enjoy him from the like, DC TV shows and stuff. And I, yeah, I do think was... he's kind of yeah, a he better Constantine, I suppose, but yeah. I just still really have a you know a soft spot for that film, I think. Yeah, he's he's a better Constantine, but you know what? I would like to see a sequel to the Keanu Reeves movie, just because Same. it was it was an enjoyable. Yeah, he's asked ride, for it. it was. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's he yeah. yeah, he's asked for it. And he's been that's the one franchise he wants to revisit. So, um, I don't think it's going to happen now with Gun in Charge. But um, yeah. yeah, I never saw it when it came out, um, and I actually only watched it. Uh, about two years ago, I think it was. It might have even been oh, during wow. lockdown while I was catching up. Yeah, I, for some reason, I never saw it when it came out. And um, again, I never read the comic. I only have seen Constantine in terms of, like you say, on like the CW shows, um, the Arrowverse and stuff like that, and his appearances on there. And I thought it was okay. Yeah, I thought it was decent. I thought parts of it held up quite well. Um, you know, some parts obviously were dated in terms of the effects and stuff like that, but I thought it was okay. Um, but yeah, it, I didn't. I wasn't like, oh, I'd like, to, I'd watch this over again and repeat and stuff like that. It's kind of like one and done. But I didn't necessarily think it was a bad movie. I just thought it was okay. But uh, but yeah, no, there's there is, I think, generally quite a bit of love out there for that movie. I don't think your opinions unpopular at all, though. Just saying, because mm -hmm. I I personally agree with everything you said. I actually love the heaven and hell like depictions and mm -hmm. the different like characters and demons and angels he was coming across and things like that. I love everything about that film. I again, I hadn't read the comics or anything, so I don't know if you if you are a diehard fan of the comics, maybe you hold a different opinion. But no, for me, I thought it was 
Tilda Swinton and Peter Stormare as the devil. Yeah, I was about to say you. you a bit of Shire in there as well. People get upset. I'm like, yeah, it's good cast. Peter Stormare as the devil in that white suit with no shoes on. Oof. That was awesome. That was the way like, <laughs> that, that ooze just drips off his feet. And yes, yeah. it's, that, it's great. Okay. All right. Well, Thanks for that, Alex. Um, Lee, what is your unpopular opinion? <laughs> um, airplane. No. What about it? No way. Yeah, I've never seen it. So, uh, what's it's, your unpopular opinion? It, it... <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I love the, I love them. Oh no, sorry, airplane is in a sense that I love it, but other people hate it. Oh, oh right, wait. okay. Who are these oh, people? Okay. <laughs> yeah, who sorry. are these people? Your opinions. Yeah, is, who are these people is, that I, hate it? It's yeah, so I love it, but but yeah, I have, I have to say it's mainly women. God but, damn um, it! I have a drinking yeah, problem. No, a... <laughs> <laughs> airplane but, um, is one yeah, of the no, greatest comedies of all all time. Your... Yeah, what's Lee, did you say it's mainly oh, yeah, airplane? Yeah, my ex ex girlfriends that I've watched the film with, and oh, no. it's like, oh, what is this rubbish? What is you know? How are you finding this funny? Because why the ex girlfriends, man? You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All my fellow females that might be watching this, y'all need to appreciate some yeah. serious comedy. That's I don't even know what Beth's opinion is of it. To be fair, I agree I'm with Lee sure. in terms of. I know women in the past who haven't found it. And it's a particular type of humour, okay? So it is either humour you can appreciate or you're not. It's, you know, airplane is naked gun. It is, uh, it can be very sarcastic. It can be very obvious. Um, it can be very silly. But yeah, for me, airplane is one of the greatest comedies of all time. It'd be in my top 10 comedies easily. And it's like, um, it's like Dumb and Dumber. It's like, it is silly and it comes across as silly because they... Actually, mm -hmm. but it's actually really clever, and I think it's a lot of so the yeah. actual comedy element just goes over people's head. It's, yeah. it's, it's I mean, really maybe clever. it's uh, probably these days, probably a lot of people wouldn't give it a chance because of it, it looks dated. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, and I think mm. that comedy movies, like Sasha's mentioned it previously, you don't get good comedy movies these days, they're very few and far between. Their studios don't tend to give budgets to a lot of comedy movies, there's certain actors they'll give it to. But, you know, we used to be getting like three, four, five good comedies a year, you know, like during the 90s, early 2000s. You don't get that that anymore. And I think that this type of movie, well, one, if it was released now, it'd be snowflaked and tried to be cancelled and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Um, but for the movie for its time, yeah, and even to be honest, now it is just so, so clever in the way it's done. By appreciating now, someday some jokes people wouldn't appreciate. Just we're in a different time, and that's is what it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah, sound off in the comments if you don't like Airplane, because um, then you can unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, that... is, we, we have a different type of humour these days. Like, yeah. obviously, slapstick and all that isn't a thing now. But no, even in terms of like finding the silly things funny, that isn't really mm -hmm. what younger generations are looking for humor is now more dry sarcastic mm -hmm. almost snipey which isn't mm -hmm. great but that's what it is now yeah i used i mean i used to have the airplane quote in the opening credits on the first season you know it was like you know um 
it's, it's, it's like, you know, surely, you, you know, surely you can't be serious. I am, and don't call me Shirley. It's like, come on. <laughs> There's, that movie is so quotable. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my God, a hospital. What is it? You know, it's a big building with beds in it, but that's not important right now. Uh, Liam Neeson, Leslie Nielsen in that movie. Gold. Gold. And like Sasha said, I've got a drinking problem. Um, and where he just keeps talking to people, yeah. talking about his problems, and they're committing suicide and stuff. It's just like um, <laughs> yeah. the the white woman speaking the jive with the two guys, um, the hysterical woman where people are lining up to to bitch slap her. Uh, they're just it's, yeah, it's ridiculous, but it's hilarious. Um, okay, uh, Neil, uh, yeah, what I think there's trouble unbot- to make that now. That's it. That's what I'm saying. It's not a it's not a movie that uh, it would be made yeah. now for sure. Um, Neil, what is your unpopular opinion? You want just one? Just one for this episode. All right. I think the one I'm going to go with is The Shining. Mm-hmm. No, I ain't going to go with The Shining. Sorry. The Shining is safe for now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm going to go with this one. The Dark Knight Trilogy. And your Neil, opinion is... how are you and I friends? We need to... This Dark needs to Knight be sorted out. is... a bad representation of Batman. That's the clip I'm going to use to promote this. Do tell. <laughs> Why? <laughs> the Dark Knight Trilogy, right? Batman Begins is flawless. It is Batman. It is peak Batman film. Right? Top tier Batman film. The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. I got issues with them. As films, if I knew nothing about Batman and they were just films, beautiful. Well, The Dark Knight, beautiful. Dark Knight Rises, I'm like, I got issues. But all my issues with those films come from being a loyal Batman fan. You can't tell me that Batman who watched Bruce Wayne watches his parents die. They are murdered in front of him. No heart attacks, no tornadoes. They are murdered in front of him. You're going to tell me that this man at that point dedicates himself, steals himself to the idea I can't let this happen to no one else. And the first sniff, excuse my language, the first sniff of some pussy, and he's ready to hang it up. (laughs) Sometimes that's all it takes, my friend. (laughs) She puts him in the friend zone. And she don't put him slightly in the friend zone. She puts him in the middle of the friend zone, surrounded by a white picket fence and and heart-shaped balloons saying, not you. She dies, and he's just like, I'm done. I'm hanging it up. Mm-hmm. All right? And you're supposed to tell me that this man decided to do... What was the this. time frame between one and two? A year. I know that people say, oh, you know what? In the novelization, it's like two, ten years or something like that. Fuck your novelization, right? <laughs> In the film, the Joker says the line. He says... Let's run the clocks back a year. 
Yeah. Nobody would mess with you. So you're telling me, film to film, it has been 365 days, especially mm -hmm. because at the end of Batman Begins, we see the Joker card. So we're yeah. saying 365 days is what it took for Batman to basically turn Gotham on its head. And a little, a little bit of he's tail. Efficient. Yeah, he's very efficient, but a little bit of tail leading him on, leading him one ever so slightly, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm out. If I get her, I'm out. I'm done." Really? But really? To be fair, though, that was because of then. Right? Yeah. Now that's the thing is he can say, "Oh, you know what? It's because Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent." is the crusader that i could never be i'm on board with that i like that i'm with that but when harvey dent dies there's none of, none of this oh you know what harvey's gone so i need to hang it up because i failed as batman no no that's bruce that's not what we do here right mm -hmm. you're telling me you went training with the league, <gasps> league of shadows the league of assassins you went across the world all over the world you learned how to steal you learned how to detect crimes and do everything everything you learned in this time frame from when you left gotham giving the old man your coat to coming back to gotham and saying alfred we need to go under the, under the mansion we've got some stuff to build <laughs> telling me you yeah. did all of that training to be like to be batman yeah. for like two years <laughs> Ra Ra yeah, yeah rachel what's good nah or, but also, The Dark Knight Rises is... Sorry, The Dark Knight. It's... A lot of it rides on Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. Okay? And a lot of it... You know, obviously he won the Oscar for it and, and all that kind of stuff. Prometheus. Uh, posthumously. I think I, I agree with you in a sense of it's not a great Batman movie. Yeah. Because it's... Two and a half hours long, mm -hmm. and Batman has about it, thirty minutes screen time. In the Dark Knight, I think he's Batman for fifteen straight minutes. No, it might be longer. It might be about twenty minutes. In mm -hmm. the Dark Knight, in total, right? in, yeah, in total, Bruce Wayne Batman is thirty-five minutes in the two and a half hour movie. Two and a half hours. So you're telling me you had two hours where he was irrelevant. Mm -hmm. The movie is the title of the movie is his nickname, mm -hmm. and he is irrelevant. Imagine you made a movie, but look at that. At least with the 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 movie air, they had the good sense to not put Michael Jordan on the, to, to name Michael Jordan <laughs> on the thing, right? But the the other thing to consider is uh, I think when they made the Dark Knight, the uh, the it was focusing on the Joker. Um, but obviously with Heath Ledger passing, I think he was actually meant to continue to the third one. He was. So I think that he that was. story yeah, would have actually continued. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing is, even if that story continued, would it still not be the ending of Batman's hanging it up? Yeah, it's, it's that Spider-Man quitting thing. You know, like you say, mm -hmm. it's, it's a, to, quit, to want to quit your role in your second mm -hmm. movie is, is too quick. It is. It, is it doesn't represent the character in the like Daniel way. Craig as James Bond. Oh, he quit in the second movie as well. I think it was. You know, he quit like three <laughs> or four out of his five movies. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, okay, okay. Any other thoughts on the the Dark Knight people? Do um, 
Neil has made his case, but who wants to I just don't agree, pure and simple. <laughs> okay. I, I think yeah, there's... I, can, I, I can, wouldn't I, say that it's, it's the best from, Batman um, film, because it isn't. I, mm -hmm. I think now that the Batman has released, that for me, hands down, is the best Batman film. But Interesting you say that. I don't at all for one second think that that trilogy is worth any of this in an unpopular opinion chat because I think <laughs> prior to the Batman, the trilogy was a masterpiece, I think. But I would agree that it is not, as particularly The Dark Knight, because that's the one I personally hold dearest in my heart. Mm -hmm. I don't think of that as a Batman film. I think of it as a Joker film. So I, for that point alone, I agree with you, Neil, but I wouldn't at all say... Yeah, out of the three, I think the first one's actually the strongest. So yeah. I always thought Batman Begins was the better film because I remember watching a preview of it up in uh, View uh, West End, mm -hmm. and I came back to the pub and people, I said, oh, I just watched a new Batman film, and they're like, oh, you know, what's it like? And I said, I said it's either on par or maybe better than 1989 Batman movie, and I was told to shut the fuck up. You know, there's just like, no, there's no way. I can confirm that. I told him yeah. that myself. I was like, shut yeah. the fuck up, man. There's no <laughs> fucking way. And you know what? Yeah. I went into... You know, now, this is the thing, okay? This is the thing for me with Batman Begins. Like, by by this point, we'd been burnt with... Uh, Bat okay. Batman I'll go Robin. back. i got to go back even further, okay? My Batman is Michael Keaton, okay? Mm -hmm. If there's something I can take from that Flash movie is that my man should never have hung up his tights, okay? Mm -hmm. All right? My man was golden in that movie. He represented, and call it nostalgia berries, but he pulled a Harrison Ford in Force Awakens on me, and I, he's the Batman mm -hmm. for me. He is Batman mm -hmm. for me, all right? Me mm -hmm. personally. Second is Bale, all right? Mm -hmm. Close second is Bale, but he loses points on this Cookie Monster voice. But anyway... Point being is, ever since Val Kilmer took on the role, and I say he's underrated because I hated him orig originally, but I've warmed mm -hmm. to like him. But yeah. ever since, ever since, I was, I'd just be like, why is it not Keaton? This movie would be mm -hmm. better if Keaton was in it. And then Batman and Robin comes out, and then we got Clooney, and I was like, oh, God. Batman was dead to me, all right? I mm -hmm. didn't care about another Batman movie. I was looking for no Batman movie. And then... This is early internet days. We get pictures of, we get the cast. I'm like, I'll tell you what, when, when I saw Christian Bale's name, I'd seen American Psycho and I was like, mm -hmm. I'm interested. Yeah. But outside of that, why is Ken, one of, what's it, what's his surname? What? I'm going to butcher the name. Why the hell is he Razar Ghoul? There's no mm. way he's Ra's al Ghul. That is the wrong casting. Okay, forget this. Forget this movie. And then, and then I see pictures of the Tumblr, and I was like, like a fucking net nerd. I was like, the Tumblr looks awful as a Batmobile. Okay, fuck mm. that. Fuck that thing. Little did I know that'd be like one of my favorite fucking Batmobiles ever. But you know, <laughs> like, 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 I was like, fuck this movie. I was like, like, and then Michael Caine as Alfred. I was like, no, what the hell. <laughs> Then Ken comes up with me with that. I was like, get the fuck out of here with that. So going into Batman Begins, the expectations were so low for me. Mm -hmm. So low for me. 
I walked out that movie thinking it was the greatest Batman film I'd ever seen. I fell in love mm. with Michael Caine's interpretation of Alfred. I mm. loved the mm. Tumblr. Um, mm-hmm. The switcheroo with Ra's al Ghul, I didn't mm-hmm. even see coming. All right, I yeah. didn't even see coming. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but maybe if I had my film goer thing and didn't treat it as a Batman movie, I probably would have seen it a mile off. But I didn't see it coming. I honestly mm-hmm. didn't see it coming. And then the one-liner: "I don't have what's it? What's it? I don't what's it? I won't kill you. I don't have to save I you. Later's later's greatest <laughs> moment in any Batman film for me personally. All right." So Batman mm-hmm. Begins is hands over fist my favorite Batman movie toe in toe with 89 okay mm-hmm. those are those two to me are masterpieces all right mm-hmm. The Dark Knight isn't a great Batman movie do you know why it's not it's one of the mm-hmm. greatest crime thrillers ever made put on mm-hmm. celluloid film it is easily mm-hmm. in the top 5 up there with heat and Dog Day Afternoon, all right? Mm-hmm. Oh, hands down, like, like even now, watching it. Now, here's where I meet Neil halfway. I think halfway. the scenes that Batman's okay. in, though, here's are wh- pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah, Here's where I meet Neil halfway. Dark Knight Rises, they kind of dropped the ball on that one, okay? <laughs> they really did knock the ball with that one. Like, I still like it, though. I still like mm-hmm. it, all right? That ain't Bane, though, all right? I'm just saying. <laughs> that is not Bane, yeah. but in terms of and what i will say here his interpretation his version of batman his adaptation because that's what it is an adaptation all right mm-hmm. bane works fine in that universe because you wouldn't be able to take the guy in the maybe the you could have maybe he could have got it to work because but then bane bane in the comics is a bit cheesy and to get him to work in that world Maybe we just needed better writers. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But I will admit, as a Bane fan and loving Nightfall, the comic, that ain't yeah. Bane, bro. <laughs> that yeah. ain't Bane. That's like some imposter. But you know what? You know what? The movie itself, I enjoyed it for what it was. It was the final one. But it was that it was that weekend of the trilogy. You know what I mean? I enjoyed yeah. it, yeah. but it wasn't as... I agree with that. It wasn't up to par. So that's where I send Neil and Olive Branch and meet him halfway. But to go out and all out shit on those three films, get the fuck out of here, man. Thank you. I'm not shit on them. The words that I said, the words that I said were, as films, they're beautiful, they're wonderful. Mm. I enjoyed them as films. Just not Batman Representations of Batman, nah. Okay. Fair enough. enough. Uh, Anybody else got any more comments? The only, the only thing I would say is, um, yeah, I'm with Neil in it. Like, for me, the one thing about Dark Knight Rises that always irked me was you telling me that he's been held up in a mansion for eight years. Like, say, Batman don't quit. <laughs> there, is no, there, is no throw, there is no throwing in the towel. You know, Batman, <laughs> Batman is Batman until he's literally, like, killed in the streets. <laughs> so that was the only thing that really got me about that film. All right, and I cool. like the fact that I like the fact that everyone avoided the real simple, simple, simple fact that at the end of the Dark Knight Rises, are we really expecting Robin John Blake to survive his first night of crime fighting, or are we expecting this man <laughs> to die in the middle of the streets? That's why we did get yeah, those he... people or spin-off, man. That's why we he died. Yeah, like, he died. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> my, my man would die in practice. Uh, he yeah. died. I wasn't. 
yeah, I wasn't a fan of um, the whole killing off thing um, with the statue and all that kind of stuff. I was just like, no one, you, there's no, there's no representation of kind of him being loved by people to warrant that kind of fitting tribute to him. That kind of seemed a little bit off to me. But no, I think that would. I think that they they do try to sow the seeds of that. I will give them. I, I know they try. I know they try, but it just yeah, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. But I think um, he said okay. to do a trilogy, and that's what he wanted to do. Um, yeah, it's true. He wanted to do one film. Yeah, to complete the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, he, yeah. he completed his story, and it's his own self-contained thing. And I think ultimately it's been for the better because if they had crossed over with Henry Cavill and kind of continued that, the it would have been tarnished completely, but it's his own self thing. So yeah, you take it for what it is. And like you say, great movies. I, mean, I don't think anyone will disagree that they're great movies. It's just whether you think it's based on the character that you know and love. And some people don't feel that. I totally get I mean, Nolan, Nolan helped call Sathlek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was the thing. Yeah. People, people don't realize like, cause Nolan was a producer on those films initially mm-hmm, for BVS mm-hmm. and Man of Steel. Um, if mm. it wasn't for Nolan, Man of Steel would never have got made, to be got honest. Made, yeah. Because he went to the studio was him, with it. Yeah, it was him that took the script to the studio because Goya, who he worked with on the Bat David Goya, who he worked with on the Batman mm. movies, he they they actually came they were actually stuck while writing the script off the Dark Knight Rises. They had they had like problems with the script while they were and they both had writer's block kind of thing. Jonathan Nolan and him and he went away and then a week later, they met up again and literally um, turned around. He turns around to Christopher Nolan and Jonathan Nolan turned around to him and said, Oh, what have you got for us this week? He goes, You know what? I still can't crack it, but you know what? I have come up with a brand new way to approach Superman. He was like, mm-hmm. Okay. And then he pitched it. He pitched it to Nolan and he goes, Well, if you've got a completed script, let's let's pitch it. But I'm not going to direct it. I'm done with superheroes, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that's mm-hmm. what sparked the initial thing. And, um, yeah, that's that's literally it. With BVS though, um, Nolan specifically helped. What's it? Put his name in and helped talk Ben Affleck into coming on board because mm-hmm. he wanted to make sure that it wasn't part of that trilogy and that that yeah. trilogy was protected and not part of like yeah. a crossover universe and stuff. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, I no, I like. Yeah, I like Ben Affleck. I'm just throwing that out there. I like Ben Affleck. No, I just wish he had a solo movie to show yeah. why he'd be a great Batman because he was <laughs> never the problem. Um, um, if no, you're a comic book fan, my favorite Batman. And I could see why. As a comic mm-hmm. book fan, I could 100% see why fans of the comic and the animated series especially would mm-hmm. love Ben Affleck as Batman. I mean, yeah. I see it. I actually see it. When they announced it, when they announced it, I was one of a few that was like, no, he'll, I can see why. I can visually see why. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And and the other thing, the other thing I might say about Ben Affleck is if you had all the Batman in their suits and you'd never seen a Batman movie before in your life, and if you're just going off the comic book, all right, and you've never seen a movie, and if you were to pick out of a line, which one of those was Batman? As much as I love Michael Keaton, as much as I love Christian Bale, it ain't them. It's mm-hmm. Ben Affleck, one thousand percent. And that's that's yeah, fact. I can see that. that is fact. Yeah. From from a comic book yeah. perspective, you you mm-hmm. anyone that says no, 
has got other interpretations in their head. Okay, even mm. Adam West. My interpretation West is based on early Batman, but it is definitely not Ben Affleck. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I can see why, like looks wise, I can see why, because he he kind of looks the part, but character wise, it's not the Batman. It's not for you. That I like and that I'm familiar with. But is that down to is that down to how other actors have portrayed the character? No, it's down to it's down to like the the Batman that I really resonate with is the one from like year one and the the early days mm-hmm. kind of Batman. So for me, that kind of very cocky or kind of arrogant vibe is right. not the character that I like in well, Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's I think like Christian for, Bale started that line really well for me. Oh yeah. Where he yeah, never quite okay. crossed the line, but that's not my Batman. Yeah, that's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think Good that's job. because they were going more Dark Knight Returns though with Affleck, though, weren't they? They were. Yeah. They were. Okay. Where he's more that's grizzled me. kind of guy. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Let's so. move on. Sasha, what is your unpopular opinion? My unpopular opinion is. Oh, we can't see it. Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Okay. This is a very Never underrated movie. You haven't seen it. Who's seen it? A long time ago. It's unmemorable. But you know what? Like, this is pulp <laughs> fucking 40s, 50s comic book action right here. All right. OG Superman, Captain America, Sky Captain. I was down for this movie. Filmed, filmed in blue screen before Sin City did its thing. This was the first. The directors, I can't remember their names. What are they called? Kevin Conran. That guy did good work on a budget. Okay. He was, a, he only ever did this film. And <laughs> check <it> out. Okay. <laughs> got slated. Got slated. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it again. I'll watch it again. Got slated for hammy acting and uh, wooden acting. I mean, had a, had a hell of a cost. That's fine, but you know what? Yes, Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow, Angelina Jolie, Laurence Olivier, Michael Gavin, who, rest in peace, has just died. Shout out to Michael Gavin. Yeah, rest in peace. Um, Yeah, had had a bit of a crazy cast. Yeah, man. So check it out. I'm just going to say I disagree again. Okay. (laughs) I don't, I will, I will say that I don't think it's absolute trash. There are many things that I, I agree with what you said there. There were quite a few points I agree with. Um, for me, it just, it doesn't do it for me because I feel like nothing about the film gelled. There was nothing cohesive going on. So the acting, everyone was kind of good, but not great. The yeah. The plot was kind of all over the place. Things didn't seem to tie up by the end of the film. I disagree. There was just a lot that was not done fully to the potential I think the film actually had. That's my issue with it. But I don't think it was atrocious. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, any other thoughts on uh, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow? I want to watch it. Just think 1930s pulp with a bit of sci-fi. So Indiana Jones yeah. kind of character, stroke, Steve Rogers kind of character, mm-hmm. that kind of era of like comic strip, if that makes sense. So 
And that's what I liked about it. I love the aesthetic. I love the vibe. Um, it went, remember like um, the, what's it, the Fletcher cartoons of Superman? Yeah. That mm-hmm. vibe. That okay. look. That vibe. Quite literally. Um, you know, so they have, they even have giant robots in it. Okay. Giant robots right. come into Manhattan and stuff, and it's it's literally done like a 1930s kind of style of what the future would be, that steampunk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they have a mad scientist, a crazy island, and yeah, they have all kinds of crazy stuff, man. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, okay. I, th- I thought I didn't know you were going to pick that movie. I thought this was going to be your platform for the Batman, but that'll be for another time. Well, you said um, there were other episodes, and we already yeah. had a Batman debate. I'm going to bore people. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. No, I liked it. That's that's a, that's a fresh take. Because um, again, a lot of people wouldn't have, wouldn't have seen it, and it opens up people to new movies. So, um, okay. So my unpopular opinion. Um, I think this movie is complete trash. Um, however, a lot of people like it. A lot of people say it's their favorite of the franchise. Uh, a lot of them say it's their favorite of this particular actor in that franchise. Um, it's Skyfall, James Bond. I think that movie is garbage. <laughs> so, I do not fucking get it. I just. You know what? Ken, it's I not. You had me maneuvering in my chair because when he was like favorite, favorite of the franchise, favorite character, I was like, you say that name, I'm gone. And as soon as you said Skyfall, I was like, oh, let me get comfortable. This is interesting. <laughs> okay. So, okay. I'm, I've, I've, written a, I've written a whole page of stuff that I need to cover because oh. of how much this movie drives me nuts. Okay. So Skyfall, this all happens because one man is able to predict the future. Okay. Because Silver, who's the bad guy, his plan just comes together. Okay, so first of all, Bond goes on a first mission. Uh, it opens up with a mission. Uh, you know, fairly good action set piece, not a problem. However, they're chasing down this um, spy list. So apparently, in the spy world, they think it's a good idea to have a list of everybody who's undercover spies on one list, set in one location, which can be stolen. So apparently, that's a thing. Um, so they not chase good. down this professor. Yeah, so they uh, chase down this professional assassin um, who we later find that this uh, assassin uses a particular special bullet um, when Bond pulls it out of his wound later on in the movie and that only three people in the world can use. So as a professional hitman, he uses a bullet which is completely traceable to him. Okay, genius. Um, So, but apparently um, after this scene where he's sniped off the top of a train, even though Moneypenny's had about 20 minutes worth of good time to kill this other guy or even speak to him in his earpiece and say you know sidestep so i can shoot this guy no she just takes a shot and wipes him off the train so everyone think everyone thinks bond is dead okay he's gone but apparently silver knew he was alive because he set up uh, a bomb to explode in mi6 which would take them out of the building draw them into another location and bring bond back to uh out of retirement because everything that bond does relates into how he progresses in his plan so without bond his plan doesn't come to fruition so apparently he knew that he was alive um so then silver knew that this bullet that this assassin used would be able to be traced back to him so bond would then find that assassin who just happened to keep a special casino chip on him 
uh, to identify a location he's been to previously. So then Bond goes to Macau to this particular uh, uh, casino, runs into a prostitute and he sleeps with her, even though he's just found out that she was brought into slavery at the age of 12 years old. That's not creepy or fucked up, but he sleeps with her. Um, and then basically that then leads him to a remote island where Silver is. Okay, so he's having this conversation with a guy. He tells Silver tells him, pulls out a gun, says, you need to shoot the glass off this top of this woman's head. Okay, otherwise I'm going to kill you. He, or kill her. He shoots, he misses, and then Silver just shoots this woman in the face. At which point, then Bond decides to fight back to take all the guys down. How about do that two minutes earlier and save this woman's life instead of just letting her die? I, I, what the hell are you doing in this movie? Who are you saving in this movie? At this point, zero persons. Okay, so then... This is all because uh, Silver wants to get caught, right? So Silver gets caught, he gets ten, taken to ML5, he's been put into this weird glass container with no physical locks on it. All the locks are digital, because that, that's a clever thing to do. Um, but he knew Q, who's supposed to be the technical genius, would decide it was a good idea to plug this laptop into the MI6 mainframe without checking it first for anything. So he does that, but he did it at the exact pr precise time that he needed it to happen so he could escape the prison. How the hell did he know when Q was going to plug that <laughs> laptop in, if at all? Yeah, man could have booked a day's holiday, could have been gone for the weekend, could have gone for lunch, could have gone to the freaking toilet. Yeah, but no, it happens at exactly the right time. And then Q's able to, you know, Q's able to figure out the thing. So, you know, he figures out the encryption, which then releases him. Okay, and then Silver was able to overpower all the specially trained armed guards. Okay, he knows Bond would figure this all out and follow him down into the underground. Okay, he rigs up an explosive in a specific location and blows it at a specific time when a train is coming through to distract Bond or maybe potentially hit him or kill him. But the train is empty. What train is empty on London Underground during rush hour? Okay, there's no empty trains and no train is on time in the London Underground. So there's no way he could have planned for that train to crash through at the right time because the trains are always freaking late. Okay, so that's not a thing. But he knew all this was going to happen. He knew if he left the door slightly open that he'd follow him down there. He would planned all this. For Silver to then bust into the courtroom to try and take out M. Why the fuck did he need to do everything else that he just did if he's going to burst into a courtroom to try and kill M. That court proceeding would have been of public knowledge on public records. He could have just looked it up the day and time that she was going to be there, which he planned everything to coincide with. But he just burst into the courtroom to try and to, to try and get to her. It made zero sense. Could have just turned up at the court that day, did exactly the same thing. Didn't need to go to all this palaver with the bullet, with the casino, all this bullshit. Okay? Um, so then... Then Bond, who's the professional, decides the best way to protect M is to take her to his home in Scotland and trust that everything that was there is still there from before. Yeah, it'll be fine. Everything everything will be there. Let's not bother stopping off and picking up some guns, some grenades and some fucking shit to protect ourselves. No, I've got a few old hunting rifles that are there. We'll be good. Okay? So he goes there. Oh, nothing's there except maybe two guns. Great. Fantastic. Okay, we're going to home alone this shit. OK, setting booby traps around the fucking house, placing nails in bags and shit and light bulbs like fucking Kevin McAllister. It's like 
this is the world's best spy, this is his best plan, okay? And then his plan is to take M through the underground and then into the fields so they can escape from under the house. Fucking genius, M, who leads fucking MI5, decides to use a flashlight in the fucking dark so Silver can see exactly where she's going. It's like, how fucking dumb is this woman? Okay? It's just so much bullshit throughout this movie. And then M is killed. So Silver, the bad guy, whose objective at the beginning of the movie was to release the names of the people that were undercover in MI6 and kill M, does exactly that. Bond has zero impact in this movie to the storyline. Everything he does up to the capture didn't need to happen because Silver could have just shown up at the courthouse. And he does nothing in this movie. He doesn't protect M, who was the target of this movie. It's the most pointless, senseless Bond movie there has ever been. He rescues and saves no one. He does nothing. So, yeah, and then at the end of the movie... He comes up to Miss Moneypenny and says, oh, we weren't formally introduced. And she, oh, suddenly we find out she's Moneypenny. You went on a mission with her at the beginning of the movie. You say you didn't exchange names. Your thing is saying your name. Hi, Bond, James Bond. You're telling me she didn't tell you who her name was before you went on a mission. So, yeah, this is a bullshit movie. And I fucking hate it. And it's not a James Bond movie. It's fucking bullshit. Can I just you say, may, first may, of all, round of applause for your spiel? Hey, I love that movie, but you know what? Compare. I can't disagree with anything you said. <laughs> <laughs> I also think I love this film, but I, there's not one thing you said that I disagree with, which is yeah, why I'm laughing yeah, yeah. so hard, because I don't really know Although, why I love this film. I just do. I'll be honest, Ken. You know it what? looks nice. You know what? You know what? You know what? It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking that you just you did that whole monologue on a podcast because that should have been in a film where somebody is ripping <laughs> Skyfall to shit and just list all of that. Yeah. Bro, you'd have had you'd have had you'd have had all the broccolis coming after you, boy. <laughs> dead ones, the light living ones, you'd have had everybody uh, Ian Fleming would have popped out his grave and they'd be like, you saying some shit. <laughs> yeah. For me, for me, Daniel Craig's best bond is Casino Royale. I love that movie. I think it's fantastic. Um, but my, probably my favourite Bond is Goldeneye. That's just that's just my favourite Bond movie, I think. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, that's my unpopular opinion. But there we go. I'll, I'll say this though: it loses a star. It does lose a star from what. From the most what? interesting part of that movie is like, bro, how did he survive? Survive? You know, get shot off the bridge. <laughs> Apparently, it was just mermaids in the water being sung by Adele. That's the most interesting part of the movie, and you don't see what happened to him. Man just survives and he's like in the bar in the middle of nowhere, but they've actually just got CNN on their TV because that's a thing, so he can see the bombing happen. It's no bullshit. I just, do you know what it is? I love your passion and how you're <laughs> shitting all over this. And the thing is, I can't argue with you. I feel like unpopular or not, no one can really argue with your points because they're all on. It's point. got more holes yeah, than the right It's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, you need to you need to edit the monologue to like clips and put it as a separate thing. Put it as a segment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll cut it. I think you can do like five minutes on TikTok now. So I'll just cut that and stick that on TikTok. There we go. And then I'll just get all these comments saying I'm a fucking idiot. Okay. So those are our unpopular opinions. Uh, let us know your thoughts in the comments section. Um, do you agree? Do you disagree? Um, let us know what Round you think. One. 
Round one. Round one. Round one. There's plenty of more of this to come. This was fun. Yeah. Uh, every, everyone loves a rant. Uh, okay, so, uh, well, thank you very much for joining me today, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, thank you very much, listeners and watchers uh, on YouTube and our podcast. Really appreciate your love and support. Uh, let us know some ideas of some future episodes that you'd like us to discuss, or is there any movies in the unpopular opinions that you'd like us to cover off as well? Uh, do let us know. Uh, ladies and gents, is there anything you'd like to mention or talk about before we go? <laughs> Just wait for a popular opinion part two, where This <laughs> <laughs> is own franchise. Uh, cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. And until next time, peace out.